Hello and welcome to another episode of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Taylor and I'm joined by Brady and David. Today we're going to be speaking primarily just about our new head men's basketball coaching hire, Rob Lanier. So let's kick it off there. We made a hire. We did it. We. Yeah, it's a good hire too. I think we stayed in the coaching market as long as we needed to. I didn't want us to just rush into a hire, but I'm glad that we now have a coach. We kind of talked a little bit about a couple other guys. Rob Lanier's name kind of came in at the end there for me personally. Uh, It was one of the last names that I saw, but going through his body of work, if you were going to get a coach who you are not plucking from the head coaching ranks, I think this is a great hire to make. He's got a lot of really good experience as an assistant coach in some Power 5 places. Namely, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee, Florida. Right. Those are great schools that you want to pull basketball coaches from. This is a great hire for Georgia State. So I'm just going to take a second and kind of go over his resume of sorts. He's had two stints under Rick Barnes' staff, both when he was at University of Texas and most recently at University of Tennessee. He was also the head coach of Siena College. In New York, has his only head coaching experience, and he posted a record of 58 wins and 70 losses. Not ideal, honestly, but everything else from his resume, we can tell that he's been a contributor on a lot of really great coaching steps. And to point that out, with these teams he's been on when he was at Florida especially, nowadays he is now again a head coach with the other guys on the staff who now are head coaches. For example, his last year at Florida he was on the same staff with Richard Patino, son of Rick, who is now at Minnesota. And it was the same thing with Virginia. And now at Tennessee, another of the assistants on staff with him has been a hot name in coaching searches. So he's been around good coaches and good assistants who are also on the rise for getting jobs. So it bodes well for what he can do here. So what specifically about Rob Lanier strikes us? That's more of an open question to you guys. Strikes us about this hire like what what excites you about it specifically other than his coaching resume the hire was announced on what friday and he already has two people that he has recruited so that seems really aggressive that right that we know of that seems really aggressive and i mean that's always a positive you know he clearly has that pipeline to some degree and that's better than nothing obviously that's never a negative Another thing that I like about Rob is the work that he did with Grant Williams. You know, he's the two-time SEC Player of the Year. He was a three-star. So clearly Rob Lanier is capable of getting exceptional things out of the players that he recruits. Getting a three-star, it might not have been immediately like, yes, at Tennessee because their SEC power, they're going to be a school that's going to be like, go get four stars, five stars. But at Georgia State, we've gotten some four stars, but we're going to be living in the three-star zone as far as mainly who we're bringing in out of high school. And so it shows me that he can evaluate talent. And even at Tennessee, where you know the expectation is to have the best of the best, he's still like, no, this three-star is going to be good. I, I guess every school is like happy for their guy to get opportunity, but just the amount of Tennessee fans and like people around the program who are like, this guy rocks, you guys are going to really like him. It gives me a lot of good vibes about this because they seem like they're bummed that he's leaving. And I think a lot of them thought that he was probably going to be the heir apparent to Rick Barnes when he retired, which is still in the cards. Rick Barnes is still the coach there. Maybe he retires in a couple of years and we're raising banners here and then he's gone again. But for the time being, it seems like they thought he was going to stay on staff in the immediate to stay as the associate head coach and to stay as the coach in waiting 
but that makes me feel good. For my own edification, is there a difference in titling between assistant head coach and associate head coach, or is it just kind of like job description, job titling, mumbo jumbo? It is different. It's they're basically the top assistant. Okay. Like at Georgia State this past few years, Ray McCallum has been the associate head coach, and he was basically like the main lieutenant, as it were. As far as how it actually divvies up work or whatever that probably depends program to program but the idea is that they're the most senior of the assistants and like the the main right hand man and so that also points to maybe he had a bigger role in how much success they had shaping the guys on the last two years for tennessee they were a three seed last year in the tournament they were a two seed this year arguably a one seed Losing in the SEC championship I mean, game to Auburn. They were in the conversation. Right. So he's definitely got good experience. But one thing that I definitely think we should note is he hasn't been a head coach for a while. Does that like bother you guys at all? I don't think so because of the points that Brady just mentioned that he's been kind of hands on in running a program that's been as successful as Tennessee as the associate head coach. Obviously, you know, being the top assistant, you're going to get really good experience working. With a coach like Rick Barnes, who's been very successful at Tennessee, and having that kind of perspective, I think, will lend him a lot of great experience to bringing that to Georgia State and hopefully be able to translate that into success here. So I don't necessarily think I'm very worried based on just his only head coaching experience being at Siena College, like I mentioned earlier, for four years, and he had a losing record. Now, I will say during that time, they did have one NIT and one NCAA appearance, um, but... I mean, wins and losses, He's uh, he is at below 500 for his career head coaching-wise. I would go ahead and say, for me personally, he's not the same coach that he was when he left Siena. I mean, I would imagine that so much has changed based on where he's gone since then and the experiences he's had since then. So I almost don't really care about his previous head coaching record. Because I agree with one, that. The game of basketball has changed dramatically. And two, I would guess that how he goes about coaching changed just as dramatically since then. But, I mean, you can't just ignore it. I mean, if people see that and are looking at it and are questioning, I mean, he's got to come in here and win. I mean, I think that especially because we've got some good talent coming back, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, and because there was an expectation if Coach Hunter was back, we were going to stay good. I don't really think there's going to be that much of a grace period. I mean, I think that we're going to want success year one, and I think that that's fair. I think if you recruit in the Sun Belt, that can get you at least to, you know, the single buy territory at the end of the year. Like, it's not a juggernaut of a conference compared to, you know, the SEC, for example, where he came from. So, I think that there's going to be an expectation that this year is somewhat good, and I don't think that's unfair. And I don't think he would think it's unfair. Right. I mean, there's talent on the roster. Kane and Damon going to be taking more of a leadership role, coming back as the veteran guys on this team. Uh, Nelson Phillips going to be taking a bigger role this year as well. We have some redshirt guys coming out. I mean, there there is a solid nucleus of talent here that if he could supplement that with some of his guys that he's recruiting now, that I think that – you know, maybe the expectation won't be going out and winning the Sun Belt regular season and, you know, sweeping through the tournament, but this team absolutely can be competitive. I don't know why it shouldn't be. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if there's anyone that's about, I mean, this is where lofty expectations kill you, but like, why can't that be the expectation? I mean, we've gone to the tournament three of the last five years. 
at some point the expectation is just going to be go to the tournament every year kind of echoing the sentiments that you guys have i think if there is going to be a drop-off year it would be this one but i don't even foresee that it would be that significant because all things created equally the only thing that's changing is the coach well the fundamental of the team might change philosophy wise but you know, it's not like we got just anybody off the street, so it should still be a good team, and it should, you know, the nucleus of the team is the same, as we've said. I think that there obviously will be some growing pains, uh, especially with regards to us changing system, I mean, specifically on defense, but I mean, Coach Hunter ran a very specific kind of offensive and defensive system that you saw a lot of guys coming into Georgia State usually take about a year to get comfortable in that system, so year two was a big jump for them so it's going to be interesting to kind of see what the x's and o's that rob linear is going to put out there supposedly based on some of the reaction we've seen on twitter guys that were praising him were praising him for his x's and o's and his kind of game knowledge we don't know that the two three matchup zone is dead <laughs> coach linear if you hear this all i ask you help us preserve this perfectly branded segment because it would be really upsetting to have to go through and think of something as clever as that for next season. Just just think about the brand, man. The brand is so strong. On a serious note, I think what will help is that even with the guys in the system, majority of the time these guys have played man-to-man. So if indeed the 2-3 matchup zone is dead and we switch to a man defense, I don't think it will necessarily have to be the same where the guys are struggling because I think a lot of them will have played man-to-man most of their basketball life. It's not like we're going to be converting anyone from man to zone, which I feel like right. is a bit of a, a tougher ask for you know an 18-year-old kid coming into college. So we'll see. I I also want to say that I'm not just saying like I expect you know the tournament run, but I'm also saying because of the success we've had, I would guess the fan base in general at large is going to think like why can't we just keep going to the tournament? And so I'm at least reflecting the standpoint that that's a fair point of view at this point. You know when you're successful it breeds expectations of success. And I think that's not a bad thing, but we'll see how this year goes. I mean, I am very curious to see what we do. Any final thoughts that we have about the staff? Like, do we think Travis will stay on? What do we think most of the staff will be? I hope that we keep Travis Williams. I mean, we interviewed him last week. If you haven't seen that, go check it out on the website. The interview came out really well. And he gave a lot of great insights and he just seemed like genuinely... The connection that he had with the players and, you know, just the vibe that I got from him seemed like he was an asset to this program. And I think that it would be foolish to not even consider bringing him back. So I, Travis would be someone that if I were in his position, he would be someone that I would be targeting to to keep on and bring back for next season. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Stability is not a bad thing in college basketball. When you change staffs, have some kind of stability. And the fact that he's an alum is cool for us, but it also bleeds out of when you hear him talk about the program and so i don't know what coach lanier's plans are i'm sure he's got a couple of guys that he's been like if i get a staff like i want you on it and i'm sure that he's using this time presumably up at the final four to talk to guys and be like come to georgia state but i'm sure that travis will get an interview and i'm sure that he will impress in it it's just about what coach lanier wants and honestly it's not going to be like if he doesn't bring him on it's going to be like oop red check like this is a problem i think it would behoove him and i think that it would be a good thing for the players as well i think all around i would be a fan of him staying on but if he brings in like three stud recruiters and you know we're bringing class of four stars 
you know, Georgia State will get over it. It'll be a good thing for the program in that case. Oh, boo-hoo. We have a class of four stars. Dang, that sucks. I didn't realize you were a Duke fan, David. <laughs> no, please don't ever put that on me ever again. All jokes aside, I think we are all collectively very excited for this hire. We had a lot of names thrown out there, and like David said, he wasn't one that struck out to us early, but he certainly was one that kept popping up towards the end of that coaching search. And based on all the reaction we've seen from people that know him and around that program, they give us a lot of cause to be excited and to you know kind of validate our excitement in that. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny. First time I think I saw his name was in a, was in a tweet where it was like, favorite for the job i was like oh i guess i should figure out who this guy is because apparently he's a favorite for this job don't mind me i'm just going through coach lanier's drip that's totally important david take take a second talk it up the reviews are mixed i personally don't like the tennessee orange i know that's a personal choice that's not personal that's just logical (laughs) he definitely has good suit game so we definitely like some of the things that we're seeing Here's the other thing. He's not going to upstage his coach. Like, we don't know what head coach Oblinier dresses like because he, he's going to bring it back a little bit because he's like, I this is Rick Barnes's team. I can't be showing up in an orange blazer. So that'd be like the bridesmaid wearing a white dress. I mean, come on. Yeah, party foul. Like, so, you know, we'll see him show up at his press conference. He's going to have like a bright blue blazer on, bright blue tie, and it'll be like, yeah. That's Coach Drip. Very excited for us to be the um, ones to generate that <laughs> nickname if that's going to stick because that's a dope nickname. Coach Drip. <laughs> Coach Drip. <laughs> Please. I'm into that. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Thursday Night Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to have Thursday night people out at the press conference Tuesday morning where they officially introduce Coach Lanier. So we're going to try and get a lot of good content for you guys there and get you guys as excited as we are for next year's Georgia State basketball. Welcome, Coach Lanier. Yeah, welcome, Coach. Yeah, of course. I mean, extending our, the collectively Thursday night uh, official welcome to Coach Lanier. We're very excited about the hire, and we're looking forward to more great things here at Georgia State. So for everybody here at the Thursday night team, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you all next week. Peace.